0: Really cool thing for us this week. For example, my wife works at Sunday Academy in Springboro, and this week there were Gina. How many kids were down there? How many? Do you know how many kids were down? Around 40 students from Sunday Academy were at the mission site in Operation Recovery this week. Totally paid for by you. That's right. Totally paid for. it, you, you know, you just have you under, understand. We have a long-term plan with some of the crazy things we're doing. Years ago, we cast this vision to have a a place where people could gather for the significant events of their lives, and it would be excellent. And now, Reverie is is the top wedding venue rated by the Knot in Dayton because of you. And the money that Reverie generates goes right back into ministry. And so, forty kids we're in western kentucky this weekend doing what i have heard was an amazing event for them and work for people who need it because you made that happen southbrook and it is it is just it is the coolest thing and we hope those of you who's like i don't get why we're turning this building into a place for students and arts academics and athletics it's the same thing it will not only do ministry it will generate revenue when the, the events we're able to host here in this room during the week, in in the arts area during the week, and the academics area during the week, the, the revenue generated actually goes back into ministry in an era. Did you notice what we don't do at church anymore? Anybody notice what we don't do that was done in church for thousands of years? We don't pass a bag because you might get sick and all that stuff, but but also because, be, because uh, you know, that... that Experience largely uh, is is probably a permanent one, legacy from COVID. But there are there also is the church a church that just depends on the bag isn't going to make it. It's not going to make it. There has to be different ways to, w- with kingdom ingenuity we generate resources through the very things that people are already doing. And so I you know you say golly that seems so worldly. No, it's being wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove is what it is. And if you want a a church that's not innovative, then I advise you to go to another church besides this one because we're going to find different ways, as many ways as we can, to resource what we believe is the most important mission in the history of the world, bringing up there, where? Down here. And that's what this next four weeks is about. It is about bringing the kingdom of the heavens to the earth. Uh, I was looking at a list this week of the top songs in history that have heaven in the title. And so you have songs like Rock and Roll Heaven by the Righteous Brothers. Kenny Chesney, Everybody Wants to Go to Heaven. What did Belinda Carlisle sing about heaven? Anybody remember what that was? Heaven is a place on earth. Coldplay sang, Hurts Like Heaven. Eric Clapton sang, uh, 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 just a heart-wrenching song. What was his song about heaven? Tears from Heaven. Um, Bob Dylan, and then Guns N' Roses sang, Knocking on Heaven's Door. But do you know what the top song of all time about heaven is? And it will not be difficult. Led Zeppelin's Stairway to heaven, top like all the lists. like every list you look at, it is undeniable stairway to heaven. And that's really important today as as I talk about this that you think of that song title because there is a reason why some of us have a view of heaven that in my humble opinion because of Jesus is not accurate. It's not accurate. And I'm going to show you why. But today is a perfect day for this message because it I think this message requires you had an extra hour of sleep last night. Okay, I'm just going to warn you right now. So is this not, don't you love it when a plan comes together? Today's a day where are you feeling fresh and you're like, man, I'm ready, like preach for hours, Charlie. I'm here, I'm all here, you know. Now, the thing about heaven is some people view heaven as this never-ending pleasure factory that you go to and uh, heaven is a place where you can eat all the carbs and fat you want because in heaven there are no calories as an essence what heaven is. Think about that as I look as we look at this as we look at this. He comes to this planet and he's about to send out people just like you and just like me and as he sends them out, He says now as you go here's your message preach this message the kingdom of heaven has come near the kingdom of heaven is eminent right now right now it's on your doorstep it's not out there in the future somewhere it's here now now a couple things here one is when we say the word kingdom this is really important did I warn you that you need to listen closely today? The, the, the word kingdom means a range of effective will. That's what a kingdom is. So every king has their range of their effective will. Every person in this room right now, you have your kingdom. So I want to affirm this. So turn to someone near you, and this will be really fun if it's your spouse, and tell them you have your kingdom i have mine okay go ahead and tell them that right now because you do you have your kingdom i have mine <laughs> if, if you want to know what's wrong with some marriages if those kingdoms aren't jiving together right now right uh, somebody's king and somebody queen but that's what a kingdom is so and so as i use this term today the range of effective will real interesting thing on this as you think through this today and the personal challenge to you the word your brand is a euphemism for kingdom it's euphemism for cancer. So it's really careful as a Christ follower if your brand is your priority because it, it can actually get to where it rubs with the kingdom that we're all talking about today. Now, then there's the term, the kingdom of heaven. It's used kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, interchangeably in the scriptures. And so this, this brings this question to mind. Jesus made it very clear his message his mission was to bring heaven to earth bring that reality to earth that he would take his kingdom and establish it on earth as it is in heaven and so the question then becomes what do we mean when we talk about heaven that becomes the question because if your view of heaven is oh it's this place of endless pleasure it's just 72 virgins and, and it's just, you can eat Big Macs and you can just have all the pizza you want and all the sex you want and you can do, I mean, like, it's just this never-ending pleasure factory. If that's your view of heaven, one of the things is you need to know that that has been formed by music and movies. That, that has largely been your source for what heaven is. And there may be a possibility that that, that, that Hollywood is not the best resource to tap into when it comes to heaven. Because if your view of heaven is, if your view of heaven is, it's this endless place where people will be endlessly happy and pleasurable, then the question then becomes of that, why doesn't God let more people into that? What a what a what a scrooge that God is because he's only letting those church people go in. It, because if that's your view of heaven, then that makes a total 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 makes total sense. If you look at God as this narrow, judgmental, out-to-kill-the-party of endless pleasure, and he's not going to let very many people into that, as a result, that makes sense. But here's all you need to know about heaven. I, I, I This week, I started with a list of about 20 things that are actually happening in the realm of heaven right now. And I thought, oh, wait a minute. We don't need 20 things. Here's all you need to know about heaven. Right here. Here, here it is. You heard it here first. Heaven will be the with God life. Heaven will be life with God. That's what heaven will be. Heaven will be life with God. Now, the interesting fact about that is heaven is the place where it is not possible to avoid God. Stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this as to why our mission is so critical on earth. Heaven is the place where it is not possible to avoid God. Heaven is not this gigantic place where, where's God today? Where where is he today? I don't know. He went off somewhere. He's doing God stuff somewhere. Uh, You need to make an appointment. And so we often look at heaven like being, I'm looking for the Wizard of Oz. Where is the man behind the curtain? And you need to make an appointment Well, this is very important because heaven, heaven, does not have God. God has heaven. Heaven is in God. God encompasses heaven. Heaven is not this place where, man, this is awesome. Where's God? We'll find him. No, God is still all present, all encompassing totally non-contingent reality that in essence, the reality of heaven is the reality of entering into unceasing, non, not ever disconnected connection to the reality of his presence. You're never disconnected from God in the reality of heaven. Now stay with me because this could be a problem. This could be a problem. Becoming the kind of person who wants heaven, continuous, unceasing, nonstop connection to the presence of the almighty creator, the author of all things grace and truth. That can be a problem because today I still want to do things that I don't want God to see. I'm still in that mode of, Yeah, but I got my little stuff that I don't want God to see, that I don't want God to know about. Now, I'm going to make the room really uncomfortable here, okay? Because of heaven, the real heaven, is not this endless factory of pleasure, but is a place where my every thought, my every word, my every deed is constantly, unceasingly, forever open to, to, to the reality of God's presence. Then, that means I got a problem if I'm still living in the, the idea that, yeah, I love God and I love, but I like my stuff. I like my little things I do that only I know about. That are my little secret sins. And and I'll just, I'll just, I'll tell you, I'll just make the room really uncomfortable here because this is the only the way I know how to put this. If you've ever committed sexual sin, which I imagine that's a few people in this room. I guarantee you one thing about that. You didn't commit it in front of your mother. Because that would have been a real dampener, wouldn't it? That would have been a real downer. Because there's just some things that you've done that you don't want your mother to know that you did. Am I right? Or am I right? Or am I right? It is the truth. There's just some things I'd know. This is, off, this is off limits to mom. Well, in order to commit a sin and enjoy it, you would have to be where your mom isn't. And if you're still in a place where I want sin, sin is fun, then you're going to have a problem with heaven. Because in heaven, there's not a place where there is not God. There's not a place where you can go, I'm going to get away a little bit, do a little sinning. I'm going to go. Like, there's not a place where you can go and say, I'm going to hoard for a little bit. I'm going to be selfish for just a little bit. Just to do a thousand years. Uh, just a thousand years. That's just because you know, we've been there ten thousand years. We've only just begun a thousand years of selfishness. I'm just gonna do that. I'm gonna go a little place where I can go lust, gossip, spew, judge, self-exalt, overindulge, complain. Where's the complaint center in heaven? I'm just gonna go there for a little bit and just complain. Dallas Willard put this brilliantly when he talked about his two and a half-year-old granddaughter one time was playing in the forbidden mud that she wasn't supposed to be playing in and her grandmother was looking on and she kept saying, don't look at me, Nana. Don't look at me. And he said, thus the tender soul of a little child shows us how necessary it is to us that we be unobserved in our wrong. This is why to intentionally sin, you have to at that moment become an atheist. You become an effective atheist. You just envision in your head God is not here. God does not exist. Thomas Carlyle originally said that. That you effectively become an atheist. Why? Because the, the, the idea here is I still want my secret, I still want my unobservedness. Now, this is really interesting because you know there is a city in this country that builds itself on this notion sin city has a brilliant marketing plan that builds itself on this idea that we all want our stuff. We all want our little secrets. And what does that marketing plan say? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It, the tender soul of a little child and the marketing plan of a major United States city tells us how important it is that we be unobserved in our wrongs. We don't want anybody to see us. And so we intentionally sin. It requires, don't look at me, God. Don't see me, God. Now, this, this, this is why what is heaven to one person can be hell to another person. This is why. Because heaven, if it is a place of this unbelievable transparency and authenticity and openness and humility and honesty, well, there are some of us that you just described hell to me. Um, uh, C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, a heaven for mosquitoes and a hell for humans could be very conveniently be combined. uh, uh, Brilliant. If you're a non-smoker and you go into a restaurant where that doesn't allow smoking, that's heaven for you. If you're a smoker who has a a major addiction to nicotine and you go into a restaurant for a three-hour meal, that's hell. It all depends whether or not the reality of that context fits who you are. And heaven is this reality, is this community of unceasing openness before God where humility and honesty and transparency, servanthood, generosity, and soul of spirit uh, are, are as predictable as gravity is on earth. The uh, philosopher John Henry Newman said, heaven is not for everyone. It is an acquired taste. It is an acquired taste. You see, not everybody wants heaven. Not everybody wants heaven the way of christ gets a lot of criticism if you will christianity because many people think of it as this exclusive club that everyone desperately wants to get into and god is intentionally keeping some people out of because they just don't qualify like it just if you're how many of you have ever golfed how many of you have ever heard of augusta national golf club if you're a golfer that's that's what heaven is it's what Augusta National Golf Club is for a golfer. Everybody wants in, but only a few are chosen, right? Like so You're not influential enough. You're not wealthy enough. You're not a good enough golfer. And, and as that, many people, that's their view of heaven. Jesus taught something very different, and that is no one in their sinful state really wants heaven. Would really, really, really be comfortable in heaven. Dallas Woolwich said heaven for is for those who can stand it. Heaven is for those who can stand it. Our real issue with heaven is not getting in. Our real issue with heaven is becoming the person who wants to be in the kind of place heaven is. That's our real issue. And and so if if I don't want the uninterrupted flow of God's presence in my life right now, why would I want a ceaseless eternity of that? It's like, why would a loving God send people to a reality that is absence of His goodness and love? It's because He doesn't violate what we want. What do you want? Do you want to live a life that what happens there stays there? Or do you want a life of, of freedom? Now, I know that the, the question, what is heaven, also begs the answer, what is hell? and lewis in the problem of pain said the one thing you under- need to understand about hell is he- hell is a reality where the doors are locked on the inside you can easily get in why the human bent the human nature is to want my own way how many of you how many of you had to teach your toddler now honey we're going to teach you how to get your own way scream for your own way and be secretive and sinful. And nobody ever has to teach a toddler that. They go there and they have to be disciplined out of that depraved bent that those little sinners over there right now have. <laughs> why is discipline necessary? Because why? We'll find, we'll find darkness on our own. Lead me not into temptation. I can find it myself. And so th- this is why, this is why, uh, our real issue with heaven brings into the equation the question of hell, because hell is the absence of God. Hell is that place where I can I, I can I can live in the dark. I can live in the security, the security of the darkness. Okay, that's all you want. Here it is. Here it is what. Here's what you want it. And this is why, look at this, this is so worth being here today to see this. That's why we sing about a stairway to heaven, but a highway to hell. That's why right there. Is that not true? Yeah, there, there, are, there are off-ramps to hell on that highway that are 10 lanes wide. Why? Because the nature, the the, the fallen nature of humanity is this, I I, I want my way. I want my kingdom to be in charge. And I want what I want when I want it. That's why Jesus said, the wealthier you are, the harder it is to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because you're used to getting your way. That's why I will tell you the worst drivers on the highway to hell are Escalade drivers because they're used to getting their own way every time. I've got this social experiment going on. You just watch. Escalade drivers are the worst drivers. Why? Because they're on a the highway to hell. That's why they are, they are getting their way as they drive along. I'm joking in part. I'm joking in part. now 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 that now, now, now here's a responsibility you have right now to not misread what I'm about to show you heaven is is life with God heaven heaven is life with God heaven is freedom it is for freedom that Christ has let you free do not let yourselves be Subject, again, to a yoke of freedom. If the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. He wasn't saying, hey, I saved you. Now go live like a demon. Go live like you want. No, it is. Heaven now is this reality. I am free from secret sins. That's why I'll make the argument that the freest people, the most heaven, heaven-experiencing people in our church are people in recovery. Because they've learned that it's about not hiding stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, the freest people you will meet, the most heaven-experiencing people you will meet are people who are genuinely in recovery because they've given up this idea. Look, I, I don't need compulsions anymore to, to, to satisfy my pain. I don't need destructive behaviors. I don't need fear. I don't need trying to impress people and measuring up. And, and, if, and look, 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 of all the things heaven is, is, I tell you it is this. Does our world need that more than it needs Las Vegas. It does. And he went about preaching a kingdom that was present that brought that. By chance, are there any of you here today who are in the midst of secrecy and compulsiveness and destructiveness and fear, anxiety, and trying to impress and wondering is there any of you? You know what? You, You are right for the kingdom of the heavens. Because the kingdom has come near. The kingdom has come near. The kingdom, heaven came, and his name was Jesus. His name was Jesus. And so he looks at them, and he says, he looks at us. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. It is present now among us the temple was the model of the intersection of heaven to earth jesus became the living temple you tear this temple down i'll rebuild it in three days i'm going to resurrect now he says my church is the living temple of my body we are The intersection we are the agency and our mission is to bring heaven to earth when we talk about as a church our mission is to connect people to Christ we're saying in essence our mission is to connect people to the reality of heaven coming to earth we're not into just religion for religion's sake we want to bring heaven to earth and so he says it says Matthew 4 Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues telling people here's how to live here's probably what you want to do here's probably what you shouldn't probably do he's doing that but preaching The good news of the kingdom, was this before or after he died and resurrected? It's before. Do you know? People think the kingdom came after Jesus died and resurrected because Jesus just came to die and resurrect. No, he didn't. Dying and resurrecting was the validation, the consolidation of his mission. His mission was to bring heaven to earth. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom three years before he died. The kingdom has come, and look at this, look at this. Preaching the good news, that wasn't a religious term. Jesus was in the news business because it was a term of proclamation. Is the equivalent of a, in the old days, remember when little, little guys used to stand on the corner and say, hear all about it? It's the same word, Kuros. It's used to denote the idea of someone saying, hey, listen, you've got to hear this news. And, it, and, and Jesus was in the news business. The good news of the kingdom that's the word gospel healing every disease and sickness among the people news about him spread all over Syria Jesus was in the news business and what was that news heaven has come heaven is present and is coming it is present now and it is coming Uh, most people do not know the gospel that Jesus himself denounced was this gospel the gospel contained the forgiveness of sins and resurrection from the dead but forgiveness of sins and resurrection from the dead is not the whole gospel the whole gospel is heaven has come to earth heaven has invaded earth heaven has entered into the realm of sin and the dominion of the evil one and has conquered his weapons death and condemnation and so look at this jesus had a gospel that he proclaimed before he died And you see this all over the place. Mark 1, after Jesus was put in prison, Jesus went into, John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news, that's gospel of God. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent. Look at your lives again. Look at your life. Look at how you're living your lives. Look at how you're living your lives. Look at your own kingdom in light of this one and believe the good news. Luke 9. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach, to declare, heaven has come. God has arrived. Look at this. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. This is post-resurrection. And spoke about, what did he speak about? God has come. The kingdom of heaven has arrived. Acts chapter 1. Look at Acts chapter 28. Paul boldly and without hindrance preached the kingdom of God heaven has come heaven is here it's been validated and consolidated in the death burial and resurrection of jesus of nazareth and if you are smart you'll listen to this because heaven is available to you right now heaven is now available it is not something that you have to take a stairway to heaven built a stairway from heaven to earth do you see why we call this good news Because this is why he appealed to the broken, to the person who was a drunk and a drug addict and destitute, and why people who had their stuff together and still had their little secret sins on the side, "Eh, I I like religion. I kind of like religion. I can compartmentalize that way. But to those who were broken and said, I have no other option, I've tried A, B, and C, and now I need thee. Your kingdom has come. My favorite Christmas song of all time, was done by our team the last few years when the shepherds sang, there's a kingdom for you. There's a kingdom for you. For stinky, lowly shepherds, a kingdom has come. And it is for you. Do not miss this. Most people have heard the term gospel, but most people don't know what Jesus really was about and that is what he was really about was speaking into the reality of the human condition heaven has come through me I have invaded earth this is why Matthew Bates is a Christian New Testament theologian he shows how in the early days of the when the scriptures were put into writing they were not titled the gospel according to Matthew or the gospel according to Mark or I'm sorry, they weren't titled the gospel of Mark or the gospel of Matthew. They were titled the gospel according to. Why? Because they understood this was not someone's gospel. There's only one gospel. There's one gospel. And this is how Mark understood it via what Peter told him. This is how Matthew understood it via what Peter and and Mark themselves told him. This is how they see heaven has come in Jesus of Nazareth, Heaven has come. It is available now to every human being. Heaven is not a place you go when you die. Heaven is a place that is available right now to live in the reality. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. You will be free indeed. It is a place free from fear and from shame, and it is a place, place free from compulsion and self-destructiveness and hiding and all that stuff that gunks up the human condition. And so here's the question that you have to ask today, South Park. Here's the question that you have to ask yourself. What, what is the gospel according to you? If people look at your life, what do they see is your gospel? Because here's here's here, here it is. Every person here has their kingdom. Question will be: Will you surrender your kingdom to His kingdom? By the way, everybody wants the kingdom; but they don't want—not the, everybody wants the king. And so, that's the question. Here's, here's the other here's the other question: Everybody here has a gospel. You're living a gospel. The gospel may be money. The gospel may be reputation. The gospel may be popularity. The gospel may be success. Everybody has a message they're adhering to that will redeem their life, that will make sense of their existence and give them a reason to live. The question is not whether you have a gospel, but is the gospel according to you the gospel of Jesus? And that gospel is, I'm here to bring the place of heaven of the reality of God's constant presence to earth. That's, that's the gospel I'm living with. I live, in the, I live in the reality of God's constant presence. And one of the, my, my favorite statements on this is a number of years ago, Dallas Willard uh, died. He's, uh, as many of you know, a theologian, a writer who deeply changed my life. I never met him, but he died of cancer and he, one of his last words were, I have so been living in the reality of the kingdom of the heavens that I think someone will need to tell me when I die. That's the goal. That's the goal. My life is so enfolded within the constant presence of the, great, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control of God that someone will have to tell me and that is available to you that's that's the message of the kingdom our purpose is to model the reality of the kingdom of the heavens through jesus life death death, and resurrection our command is to pursue the kingdom of heaven first not your brand but his kingdom first and fitting your brand within that and then the plan is extend the kingdom of heaven to earth that's the plan our, our delegated authority that Christ has given us to every person within the, the range of, of Southbrook's effective rule, uh, our our little kingdom outpost here, is to say this: every one of you are charged with this week being an agency of heaven coming to earth. That's your that's that's our plan. That's his plan. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. And and so When we say that, what we're saying is, I'm willing to be a part of that. I'm willing to be a part of that reality. Heaven invading Earth. The question you have to ask yourself is, do you really believe that can happen? Because I know some of us are so broken and messed up, we say, oh, there's no way. That is never going to happen. It's never going to happen that somebody's going to go, I experienced Christ's reality because of you. I'm too messed up. I'm addicted to porn right now. I am that person who needs secrecy. You know what? He has come for you. He has come to set you free. He could set you free from that. And you begin to experience what you haven't experienced in the shame of your porn addiction. And what is that? The freedom of transparency. The freedom to be full of grace and love. In, in in the reality of the kingdom of the evil one, this earth, in that reality, I'm experiencing freedom because the kingdom of the Christ is one. And this was his plan. Now, now, gang, look at this. Look at this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many of you, if you grew up in church, you grew up in church, you grew up under a prayer that actually was not that prayer. The prayer of most Christians has been the Star Trek prayer, is what I call it. And the Star Trek prayer is, this place is a mess of Klingons. Beam me up, Scotty. Get me out of here, God. Take me to heaven. And you know, Jesus never prays that. He never prays the Star Trek prayer. He says, the reality of your life now as one of mine is you're not saying, beam me up, Scotty. You're saying beam down heaven through me. In my office, in my family, in my neighborhood, in my school, in my small group, let me be an agency of your heaven. Let me be an agency of your kingdom. That wherever I walk, the kingdom of God is within me. And what people see is a surrender of my being and my body to the best news of all time. And that is God has come to me, the broken. That's what this series is about. The next three weeks, we're going to unpack how. How does what we call city lights bring the reality of light into darkness? How is that happening? Because what many of you have probably forgotten during this period of time is that that's what we're about. Whether it be through things like Player's Box, whatever it is, we are about bringing light into darkness. And so here's your charge today, Southbrook. Here's your charge today. Your charge today is this. is if you believe that can happen, here's what I want you to look at your life through this week. The famous words of, as we used to call as a kid, St. Francis the sissy. And know that's not politically correct, but you know we were kids at one time. And St. Francis said this famously, preach the gospel everywhere you go at all times. And when necessary, use words. When he said that, when St. Francis said that, he was beautifully stating that the way to see your life is not, you're not building your brand. You seek first the kingdom of the heavens. And then you live in such a way that your life speaks of that kingdom in everything you do. The humility, the honesty, the generosity, the transparency, the sense of security in Christ The freedom in Christ to live as a fully functioning, restored, image-bearing creation of the Most High God is you. And that is available today. The kingdom has come near. It is here right now for you to say, Jesus, today I surrender my body, I surrender my mind. I surrender my soul to the reality, not that I'm going to get to heaven someday, but that heaven has come to me today. Heaven has come to me. To me. There's a kingdom for you. And so I, I'm, we're going to pray this month that we catch this vision. <laughs> you don't join a City Lights team. You are a light of heaven if you choose to be. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. So, Father, today, may Southbrookers who are hearing this all over the place, in the rooms in this building, in kitchens all over the place, that today we would go everywhere preaching the good news. Heaven is here. The reality of freedom is here. Son, the one who came invading earth from heaven set you free. You shall be free indeed. And we are the witnesses of that. We are the city lights of the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, the city of heaven, coming to the darkness of this earth. Lord, this earth is messed up. Heaven, earth needs you. And we accept today that we are your plan. Now, one of the things you said about heaven that's happening is eating. That's right. You said that that heaven is a wedding feast. And this picture, this idea of people saying it's so good to be together. It is so good to be a citizen of the kingdom, not because we earned it, but because by grace we're invited in. It is so good. And now today, many of us are going to celebrate the wedding feast of the Lamb, the communion. It's not just a somber event. It is a celebratory event where we celebrate, when we take of the body and the blood, the kingdom of heaven is near, is near. And everybody in Jesus said, amen. We'll see you next week for part two.